It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Good morning and welcome back to the Flow Track podcast. My name is Lincoln Shrike, joined this morning by Gordon Mack. It is Wednesday, June 24th. We're in June, Gordon, and they are canceling events for November. I can only imagine your opinion on that. Uh, but we'll start with asking you how you're doing today. How are you? Doing good. June 24th. What we're now three months into this pandemic and well, with no three and a half with at least. three and a half three and a half months mm-hmm. and uh in a podcast that we do daily where we're searching for content to talk about the content keeps giving we have two big mm-hmm. news items to talk about today which is what i'm most thankful for i'm thankful for we didn't have to pull something out of our asses to talk about in the track and field world we actually have two mm-hmm. legitimate news topics maybe even three yeah. so Nico Young running 1350 last night and the New York City Marathon getting canceled are two major things that just came across. I mean, the newswire, I mean, the the marathon was literally canceled 10 minutes ago right before we started recording this podcast. Yeah, it's a it's a gift that we started a little bit late because I may not have seen it. But yeah, as you mentioned, uh, probably the biggest news of all, at least for the uh, the numbers that will now not be able to compete. 2020 New York City Marathon, which was originally scheduled for November 1st. Uh, it is now canceled. We know it's the world's biggest marathon. There was going to be 50,000 plus runners competing. Uh, even this many months ahead, I couldn't even do the math. What, four over four months ahead, uh, New York City has decided and the New York Roadrunners have decided it's not going to be safe with the coronavirus and continuing to to deal with the fallout of of this disease so it's canceled uh we kind of thought these races were going to go ahead as planned of course i know boston was uh canceled after it was rescheduled but i tended to think that in some way or some form new york was going to go ahead but there there's still cases obviously growing here in the United States. And I understand the death rates going down and other leagues are coming back, but with the number of bodies that it was going to require to, to be in a close concentration, I suppose this is not a huge surprise. What was your reaction? Yeah, it's not a huge surprise, especially since it is New York city, which of all cities, in the entire world, that was probably the hardest hit city. Um, and I think that it just, you know, people want to, you know, they phrase want to be on the right side of history. Like you don't want to agree to some, uh, green light something and then they come back in your face and be even worse. So especially when the people who make, who really make this decision are non-track runners, like the mayor and like government officials. I mean, they're not going to be like, oh my goodness, we have we can't cancel a marathon. It's so important. I mean, they've canceled it before. They canceled it for Katrina. Was it, what was it? Uh, Hurricane Sandy. Uh, Sandy. Yeah. Sand, they canceled it for Sandy. I think New York City is super, old, super willing to 
put athletics on the back burner for whatever their city needs at that current moment. Um, and I think this is another one of those examples. So I wasn't surprised. Uh, it is interesting, though. There are still some fall marathons who are holding on. Berlin canceled, but it's saying that they're, they haven't officially canceled, canceled. They just said it's not happening on this date. Chicago hasn't canceled, but this is a big domino to fall after the Boston domino. Um, and I mean, it just seems the writing's on the wall, right? That once one does it, that's what they all yeah. start doing it. I mean, once the NBA postponed their season, the entire sports world all postponed their seasons. And I think it's the same thing here. Once one major marathon does it, they're all going to follow suit. The question is, will a marathon be willing to conduct it without mass participation? Because let's be honest, they could hold this New York City Marathon with their field of 20 and yeah. be fine. It's not like that's not the issue. The issue is when you have the 50,000 people. So well, do you, do you want to put on a race when you're not making money off of it because you're making money exactly. off the mass race? It's just not worth it, I, I suppose. And some people are, you know, going to say, you know, if these elites can run, why can't I run? And, and, and all this, I think it's just, it, it, it's an, uh, logistical nightmare to try to get all the things and you come into it. Are you going to have testing? you just can't possibly have testing for that many people wanting to run a race and there's other priorities and <clears throat> it's not really the, the, uh, the message that the city wants to send by having a giant marathon while, you know, people have, of course, thousands of, you know, hundreds of thousands across the country have died. Uh, so, so I understand it. And yeah, Chicago, it's, it's not a, it's a, not a matter of if it's just when, <clears throat> when is Chicago going to get canceled? It just doesn't, I know it hasn't been hit nearly as hard as, New York city, but you know, the, the virus is pretty much everywhere across the country. Um, and, and it just seems like it's a, it's a matter of time. It, it's going to be interesting to see how the elites who would have typically, you know, raced at these major marathons in the U S do they run, you know, maybe a smaller one. We know Hamburg, at least as of now is supposedly going to go ahead in, in Germany. That's not a major marathon, but will some athletes go there just to get in a race? Those are questions left to be answered. Uh, you do feel bad for the elites who, you know, plan to to run this season and and who wanted to get in a a fall major, and you know those are lucrative for some athletes. So the, that that's a big thing to see go by the wayside. But uh, you know, everyone has had to make sacrifices throughout this this situation, throughout this coronavirus, and obviously the uh, distance running marathon community is going to be no different. It is interesting though, while. And I know that it's the numbers game. There's just, you can't have that many people in close concentration, but this cancellation of the New York city marathon comes a day after major league baseball agrees to come back and, and start playing baseball in about a month with a reduced season and all that. And it's obviously much different. We're talking about 50,000 runners versus 30 baseball teams, 30 baseball teams with 40, 40 athletes per. So it's, it's way, way, way different and no fans or anything like that. But it is interesting to see some things are getting to come back and other things are just like, like, like distance running or like marathoning or, or they're like, Nope, not even possible four months out. There's no way we can figure this out. It's curious to me. Uh, you wish selfishly as a fan of the sport that they could figure out a way to have the elites do it. But I think it's just too many, too many things to, to sort out. And they know they make money off of, uh, they make money off of the the mass field. So they're like, well, why would we put something on where we're going to lose money? So better just scrap it for a year. 
And even though we are, what, four months out, we're technically really at the deadline for whether or not you're going to have an event. I mean, you're, you're not going to cancel the Olympics a week yeah, out, right? You got to cancel it yeah. months out because you got to give the people a heads up. Same thing with yeah. major marathons. People come from all over the country. They want to, they don't want to cancel them after they want to give them a, Hey, you can, you can stop training for this. You can, we will give you a big buffer. Um, I do think what's going to happen though, with this trend of Boston getting canceled, New York city getting canceled. I think Minnesota's uh, race got canceled. Their the twin city marathon got canceled. Um, okay. I think what we need is to see what happens with all these major sports when they come back in end of July with baseball, basketball, MLS, hockey, and even football in a weird way. I think once we see how these bubble leagues happen, because it's happening overseas, but that's not major enough for Americans and American meat directors and just like the American society to kind of connect with how they're doing it. I think if we see like an NBA playoffs go from July 31st all the way to October with, with you can say without a hitch, but there's going to be hitches, but like it happens and like it's not cata catastrophic. I think that will signal like the rest of the non-major sports like in the running community, local road races, and for all this and track meets to be more willing to like, okay, it's time. We can now do things with the understanding that it's not 100% safe, but also the understanding that it's not 100% lethal. And I think that's what they mm. need. They need they need some major MLB, NBA to like complete a task. Because right now yeah. they're all just proposing leagues. They're proposing what's going to happen end of July and proposing what's going to happen in August but they haven't actually seen it. And I think once people start seeing sports happen on American soil for a long period of time without any major hitches, that's when track, I think, will eventually come back. That's Well, it's a, big, it's a big asterisk without any major hitches. So it's like, what do you qualify that as without a big litany of, or big amount of positive tests? I mean, because I think there's, there's obviously going to be people that are going to test positive. Uh, the problem is, you know, when you look talk about major marathons, they, they run each other independently. It's not even though it's a gold label race or whatever we're called, or a, a major and whatever, what is the, the AMM world major marathons. They're not the people running it. They're not an organized, yeah. they're not organizing a task force to say, this is how we make this safe for the elites. They're just kind of hatch latching on to these marathons, which organize themselves in conjunction with the city and, and other, other bodies who are primarily focused on health and safety. Uh, and when that's the main focus, that the the elite field is going to be way down on the pecking order of concern. So uh, it's not it's not like the MLB where it's like the commissioner, the owners, and the players are all trying to get together and trying to figure something out. There's way too many other people involved in this for that to be, you know, for there to be that. I don't know motivation to to get this back for the sake of the elite sport it's just not going to happen in the same way unfortunately uh you know i know track in in the diamond league is set to come back overseas now we're seeing reports that some countries may not let americans fly in given how many positive tests and how big the outbreak is swelling once again here so uh it's just another like you said it's another domino to fall it's another sign that you know 2020 is not going to return to normal for the u.s 
as far as athletics, track and field, and or road racing. Um, we're holding out hope, obviously, for cross country. That still will have to be sorted out. We don't know what NCAA sports are going to look like, but it's not a great sign, I don't think, when when things are continuing to fall by the wayside. Uh, I believe cross country is going to happen. I know that's not what we're talking about. But these things that we thought, oh, this will this will be fine a couple months ago. It's months down the road. Well, now those things are getting canceled. So I'm not uh, incredibly optimistic about the rest of the calendar for 2020. Would not surprise me if there's no major events. We're kind of just operating with these time trials and one-off small meets. And that's the best we get as far as track and field road racing for 2020. This is what I think we need to do. This is how we solve the problem, Lincoln. You ready for the solution? I can't this wait. Solution. This is the solution. So you have all the elites that we're going to do Berlin, that we're going to do Boston, that we're going to do Chicago, that we're going to do New York City. We email them all. We send them an email. Dear wow. elite athlete, okay? It's mm -hmm. an email from you and me. We have an enticing opportunity for all of you. We are going to give you the opportunity to come to what pick a state we need to pick a state actually we should do it on an island we'll go to hawaii because we know probably the outbreak in hawaii is probably the least limited we go to hawaii we find a local track in hawaii and we have the marathon of all marathons on a local track where we get the kipchogis the des lindens the everyone's to run the galen rups the mo Ferris, get him there back and they all run a marathon, and it's just like a field of 30 to 40 on a track running a marathon in a bubble in Hawaii, and mm -hmm. the winner is crowned the Marathon of Marathoners. Okay, here's a couple issues with that. Who wants to run a marathon on track is one. Also, you, number two, Elliot Kipchoge is probably not getting up for a marathon if there's zero prize money involved. Oh, so somebody's oh, going well, we'll to have to pony money. up some cash. Okay, where are we getting the prize money? We're getting the prize money from this guy I know who has this business opportunity that he is telling me is, is worth millions. So I'm going to email him back and say I'm in. I'm going to give him the, his down payment of $10,000 that he says he's going to turn into a million dollars in a week. Clearly, it's going to work. And we're going to take that million dollars, and then we're going to put it all on black at Vegas, double it, and double it again and keep doubling it until we get to our prize purse. And then boom, we're in business. That's good. I encourage you to send that, that to wire that guy your 10,000. I think that will work out quite well for you. Those things always uh, are, you know, they always pay off massive dividends. Yeah, I would have concerns with the Hawaii marathon. Uh, I doubt that's going to happen. But, you know, I don't think London has been. You know, they rescheduled. I don't think their elite race has been wiped out yet, If I, in the, unless I'm mistaken. So we could still get Bekele and, and Kipchoge. So we may not need the Hawaii high school track world-class marathon after all, Gordon. And you may not have to send that guy your 10,000 because at least we could have Kipchoge and Bekele in 2020. We deserve well, as much given all the hardships we've gone through this year. I'm just saying... This is a unique opportunity where literally all the major marathons are canceled so we can merge them into one mm -hmm. mega major marathon. And the Olympics is not a mega major marathon because it's only three per country. World championships, three per country, and the best don't even do it. This is the opportunity. We are, we are on the cuffs of something incredible to create 
the greatest marathon of all time where we have all majors and minors coming together for one <laughs> cause to win millions of dollars on Hawaiian soil thanks to my guy who has his business opportunity for us all. So I'm just saying, it'll be great. We should do it. It'll be cool. Wouldn't it be cool though if we actually, in your, imagine, take away the word Corona and the whole situation we're in and the tr being on a track or whatever. If we actually could have a, if we took the top 10 finishers at every major marathon, was it there's five or six? Or how many are there? Six? Six majors. Yep. Top 10 majors. Winners at top 10 finishers at every major marathon, a field of 60, and they well, race. There's going to be some overlap. People finish top overlap. 10 at multiple. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, anyway. Sorry. You know what I'm trying to say, man. Sit, field mm -hmm. of 45, and they all race each other. That would be must-see TV. I'm just saying it would. It, it it definitely would. You have to question if if everybody would be in, though, or at least of even a big majority. I'm sure some marathoners have taken some time to try to limit the the, the pounding of their body, you know, especially those that are going to be competing in the Olympics in 2020, 2021. Excuse Lincoln, me. Lincoln, uh, Lincoln. You're, I'm thinking you're logistically here. Well, I what I want to pose here is like, what is the actual like scenario that's going to play out with the marathon? Like, let's just say all these get wiped out. Like, are we going to see you know, American elites trying to get to London that that to to race. Uh, will they be allowed to fly into London? I know, you know, London is in 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 England is not part of the the EU anymore, so it doesn't it doesn't wouldn't fall under that potential ban where they're thinking about not allowing Americans into European countries because the the the, the coronavirus is so bad right here or here right now. I'm just wondering if all these fall ones get get wiped out in the u.s which definitely seems possible like where are marathoners going to go are they just going to say we'll just wait until it's safer or are people going to start doing things they wouldn't normally do like running at the hamburg marathon or uh you know if london will let them in doing then what's that do you think they'll go to cim in december I mean, I doubt we're going to see Galen Rupp in CIM, but uh, it it should be it, it's going to be interesting to see what these athletes do in response that are just so used to having the, you know, if you're Galen Rupp, you're used to having the the Boston Chicago rotation. If you're Des Linden, you're used to having the Boston New York rotation. Well, those uh, have now both been canceled. So, do you, even if it's not in your best interest as far as the type of runner you are, say in Linden's case, do you do you go to London is that even a possibility or do you just kind of wait it out I mean that's possible for accomplished athletes that don't need the money necessarily but they're going to want to race and they they don't want to waste the prime years of their career especially those athletes that are in their mid-30s so I think we might start to see some some interesting decisions prompted by the uh this this virus and we're going to see athletes in races that we never would have seen them in otherwise Maybe for some that means, oh, track races. So we could see Rupp running a 10K or something like that. Or, uh, you know, I can't think of anything else on the top of my head. I mean, I think it's just wherever the marathons are going to be, regardless of if they're majors, I think that's when we're going to start to see some pros uh, racing. Because people are going to be itching to get back out there. And, uh, you know, there'll be some forgiveness by the fans and the media and all of us if, like, everyone's not ready to go and running PRs. It's just, like, they want to get out there and just see where they're at. And that might require running a race that they never thought they would uh, would have otherwise. Yes, mm -hmm. I'm still holding to my Hawaiian marathon idea. We'll see. 
We'll see okay. how we'll wait a few weeks. And well, then we'll I'll wait to, to see you. how that investment, like how yeah. that works for you. Yeah. I'm hoping, man. He said yeah. he need he need five thousand by the end of the day today and then five thousand by the end of the week tomorrow. Yeah. So I was like, okay. Yep. Cool, cool, cool. Um, I'm really excited to wait to see how that plays out for you. All right. Another bit of news. We had no idea this was coming. At least I'm speaking for myself. I assume you didn't, but late last night it was tweeted by runner space that Nico young was going to go after Galen Rupp's 1337 us high school 5k record. He did it. Uh, he, he made the attempt about an hour later. He ran 1350 55 missed the record solidly, but fourth all time on the us high school list. Uh, did you hear about this race before you went to bed? And did you watch? I did know that he was going to do something from my sources, but Got it. I didn't know when or what. I knew he was going to do something, and I guess this was his something. Um, yeah. But thirteen fifty, man. Less. Yeah. Obviously, it's thirteen seconds behind the time he wanted to run, and he kind of hit the wall in that final mile. But I think if you're running thirteen fifty as a high school senior. And then you're ready to go into the collegiate training world. You're you're ready to do something special. And I think he's I think this shows that he is has a chance to be an immediate impact for NAU in year one. Well, of course. If, if I your think we base knew that. is thirteen fifty, you know. Yeah, I think we knew that and and from his cross country season running seven fifty six indoors. It's funny, I had forgotten you know, I hadn't seen him run obviously since February, but the Nico Young fatigue face is dude, <laughs> the dude looks rough when he is like up against the wall, kind of like you said. He he has a he definitely does not hide his pain at all. A couple things I wanted to know. The race took place in Portland. Galen Rupp appeared to be on hand wearing a mask and all organ gear. So he was at least cheering him on. I don't know. Maybe he secretly was like, no, I don't want you to break my record. I need to play some psychological mind tricks here. Uh, but the biggest thing of note for me, and I don't remember exactly how Rupp's attempt went down. I'm sure he ran a lot of the race by himself. But from like six minutes and 20 seconds on from Young's attempt to the finish line, he ran it completely by himself. So yes, like you said, 13 seconds off. But if he had any more help than that, like if some was able to go maybe to to 3k with him or maybe miles i feel like he would have been a lot closer because that the last mile and the last lap in particular were really rough he just was clearly like it com just completely exhausted from doing all that work by himself i believe his last lap was like 68 69 seconds which is not at all what you would expect out of a sub 14 minute effort he was just completely wiped so a little bit more help and we might be talking about young running a, a record here it, it wasn't as far off as as the end result ne necessarily suggested because through 3200 meters i believe he was at like 844 and you know he so he was even splits i think he ran 421 for the first 1600 so he was right there and he was well below the pay the 1337 pace for big portions of it he just really faded that last mile and i mean also a big factor is the guy hadn't run a race since february yeah, like good that point. is a huge like, like you need, you need to sometimes you need some race rust busters to kind of get ready before you hit your, your peak like time trial type race. And he didn't. He just was going off of like, nothing in a weird in a weird way. And I think that thirteen fifty maybe if it was a regular, senior year where he's going to Arcadia and he's doing this and that, he might have 
I think he's more likely to run in the low 1340s based on mm. having just like races under his belt. So I think 1350, I mean, it's not off the couch. Clearly he's training, but in a weird way, it's kind of like coming off the couch because when you make your outdoor debut in June 23rd, it's it's pretty it's pretty raw. And so I think that's yeah. impressive to me. And the people he's behind are no are no joke, right? So Galen Rupp has the record of 1337. And then second all time is Jerry Lynn Green, 1344. Then Ritz, 1344. And yeah. uh all I mean the last time yeah, they're all what were you gonna say? NCAA cross country champions, I believe all Olympians as well. So no pressure, yeah, Nico. A, no pressure. It's a good <laughs> it's a good list there to be associated. And again, I can't emphasize enough. I think any more help out of the out of pacers, you know, I don't I can't imagine that the 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 ideal was for him to, you know, stop getting help before three thousand meters. Surely that was the goal to get him a, a pacer through three K and it just couldn't hang. Uh, yeah, he's, he's obviously an incredible talent and, uh, didn't quite get that record. That would have been a huge surprise last night. Cause again, I didn't have any idea this was happening and to wake up and if somebody would have broken his record, Galen Rupp's record, that would have been incredible. But, uh, yeah, Nico Young, if there's going to be cross country this fall, he's going to be a huge, huge piece for the best team in the country, Northern Arizona. Yeah. And. So I've been currently in the process of putting together preseason rankings for cross country, uh, individual and team. Um, and one of the hardest challenges of putting together preseason rankings is, well, it's even harder this year because there's no outdoor track. So a lot of yeah. times these athletes have like great track performances that kind of says, oh, you're ready to, even though you finished 150th last fall, you were out there running 1340s and finish top eight in the outdoor 5k you're not going to finish 150 if you're more of a top 40 guy but we don't have yeah. that right so it's weird but notably though it's also hard to predict where true freshmen land right and i have a little algorithm that i do to try to figure out where i think someone like nico young or cole sprout or leo doshbach are going to finish and sometimes i do a a calculator where i say based on your 5k time where you'll finish and based off of 1350 that is projected to finish like if you have a 1350 PR you're likely to finish 40th at cross which i think makes sense 1350 top 40 i think that yeah. is fair but i i think he's not going to finish 40th i think his 1350 is a little skewed because of the situation of the race has obviously not having a weird a, a regular season i think he's more of a top 20 guy what do you think he'll okay. be do you think he'll be yeah. Do you think he's a top 10 guy, top 20 guy, top 40 guy, or just a a 60th? So for perspective, this is where true freshmen at NAU have finished lately. So Luis Grijalva was a true freshman, and he finished in the 60s, I believe. Um, Ryan Raff was a true freshman in 2018. He finished in the 150s. And then Drew Bosley was a true freshman this past year, and he finished, I think, top 25. Yeah, I believe. Uh, so, Young is obviously in a different caliber than than even Bosley. I think he's much higher than that. I mean, you're putting him obviously with this 5K in the same caliber as you know, Dathan Ritzenhine, Jerry Lindgren, and and you know even even Galen Rupp, and you know that 756 and how he dominated in XN, and how his times were comparable to German Fernandez in the California high school 
cross country scene. Uh, you have to put him up there with some of the the big names. The comp I kind of make is going back to 2015, Grant Fisher. And I believe Grant Fisher was about 17th around there his freshman year. That's where I would say, uh, I mean, of course, we got to assume that he's going to be healthy and that he's not going to redshirt and all that. But it, it, I would say that he is about a, a, a fringe top 15 and, and, and a top 20 for sure guy if, if he has a solid race in his NCAA XC debut. I think that's, that's certainly fair. He's not an Edward Cheserek. He's not going to win NCAA cross his freshman year, but he's definitely top 20 material as we speak today. So if Nico is top 20 material, where does Nico, do you think, would you put Nico on the team of NAU? Well, you know, we would have not put Drew Bosley as their number one, and that's what ended up happening at in, in, in NCAXC. Uh, I would put him as their three three or you know he's their three or four guy i mean that's how good they are they can be that good i think if nur takes a step up if i mean bosley improves on his finish you know he could be a top 10 guy uh should be a top grahalva should be a top 15 guy i mean he has that ability the guy just ran 743 and then ran like a 350 what four fifty three fifty three mile converted i mean he has that cross-country ability so grahalva nur and bosley all have the ability to be better than him. And if, if, uh, if uh, can't think of his name, uh, Nico young, if Nico young is truly a top 20 guy, like we think he is based on his historical comps as, as true, as a true freshman, then, then, uh, then those guys should all be top 15 guys in, in Bosley, Grijalva and Nur. They're going to be really good. We so, know that. Yeah. So four top 25 guys, you're already saying, I mean, yeah, four or or five. I mean, Hasty should be that good too, right? I mean, that he's <laughs> he he had like a kind of a bad race, and where was he last year? He was like forty something, right? Or he finished he finished right next to uh, Jared Nagus, fortieth. Okay, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. So well, he was just outside being all of American. Uh, you know, the course is different. It's Oklahoma State. Uh, that's there's never in, in recent history been a modern championship there. So that's that's a different and hard course, way different than Terre Haute. But those are all possibilities for those guys. And uh, we saw the fire kind of lit by Grijalva when he had that bad NCAA cross country race, and you know lost his first cross country national title. If he keeps that going, which is tough to do after we've been through this this COVID period, but if he keeps that going, he should be top fifteen guy, and then those other guys are just as good. So. It's a it's a really really deep team and and the thirteen fifty for young I don't think it's obviously much different I think you guys have talked about this like in the sub four mile for a high schooler versus the sub four mile for a college freshman you have to look at the scenarios this isn't Nico Young going to as a like we can't translate this to Nico Young as a college freshman going to the Stanford invite and running thirteen fifty a performance that wouldn't generate any headlines. Because in, and in that type of a scenario, he would have people to run with. He did not have people to run with for more than half of this race. And you add in the fact that he had been, you know, hasn't raced in four plus months and had, didn't have a season. This is way better than a, than a 1350 would, would be otherwise. And, you know, even though he's almost in college, it, it deserves much more reverence than, it, than maybe it would have otherwise. So obviously, uh, 
this entire quarantine time that Nico's been training. He he was helping his teammate Jace Ashbach Ashbacher Ashbach. I don't know. I think that's right. Jace. He's going to Colorado and actually ran a really good thirty two hundred meter time that Nico helped him uh, that paced him. Uh, But their coach uh, Sean Bronze, what's his name? Bronson. Bronson. Yeah. Anyway, their high school Bronson. Their high school coach. uh, It's basically been leading Nico and his teammates kind of through this quarantine. When is the official transition of of guidance handed from from the high school coach to Mike Smith? You did see well, Galen up starts, there. Who was, yeah. Does it start today? Is today the first day that Nico Young is a Mike so. Smith athlete? I, I I would think so. I mean, I don't think he's going to Flagstaff yet, but yeah, I, I would say it's got to be over. And just a side note, that Jace athlete, his teammate, uh, I thought he was going to Washington. Am I crazy? He's going to Colorado? He's going to Colorado. Oh, okay. I must have get, gotten him and Doshbach confused. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I would say it starts now. I mean, it's almost July, right? I mean, cross-country camps, yeah. if they go ahead, if it actually, if NCAA sports are a thing, which, I mean, I, I guess at this point we think it's going to be the case, I, even though all athletes have been going back and testing positive. We're holding out hope it happens, but I, I, long story short here, I think, yeah, this was his last hurrah as a high schooler, and now Young is going to be, the reins are going to be taken over to Brosnan, it, or excuse me, to Mike Smith. It is interesting because he's had such a hands-on coach. For him to just re- relinquish all control to Mike Smith, you wonder if they're still going to have communication, uh, and then that's going to be tough for Brosnan to kind of let go of such a star pupil. Because it hurts to lose somebody that's like that good, and then and 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 he loses the uh, the other kid, Oshbacher or whatever. Uh, now you just go back to your high school team, and you're like, wait, where's my sub eight? Where's my sub fourteen minute high school dude? You know, it's it's just a, it's got to be tough to let go of of that. So uh, I can I can understand why he's still having him run a in a j- late July or excuse me a late June race. It's it's really hard to say here's my prize prodigy now now see you I'll, I'll i'll never train you again it's tough yeah and I, based on some like public workouts that the newberry park team has shown uh and me being at nau this past fall uh during when we're filming the running with the boys the training is very different the, the training that uh he that nico was doing in high school is gonna be very different from what he what he's gonna be doing at nau and by different, I mean it's a lot more. When you train at seven thousand feet, you can't do as much, right? You can't be going as hard as often. Um, and NAU, for how good they are, a lot of times you you were like, "Wait, how are you this good?" But you go out there and you run like nine minute miles. Like it just doesn't make any yeah. sense. Like they what they take easy days, literally. Like it is an easy day. Like it is sometimes they have, yeah, it is, it's good. Right. And you have to take easy days easy when you're at altitude. Uh, but it'll be interesting seeing Nico be like, Oh, well, an easy day. All right. Okay. Wait, I don't need to go all out here. All right. We're just, we're just going to jog nine minute pace. All right. It's cool. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So yeah. Based on the footage we have, they, they go hard when they need to. And uh, yeah. those guys are, will you know, we know that 7,000 feet is n- no easy task, even for running seven, eight minute mile pace. It can be hard to get used to. I think the thing with Young, what everyone said propelled his senior season was that 
Newberry Park team went up to Big Bear Lake in the the summer before his senior year, and he seemed to be kind of like a quote unquote super responder to altitude. So that may have encouraged his decision to go to Flagstaff because he seems to really, really respond to high altitude training. Uh, we'll see how it how it goes. If he takes another step forward in in his freshman season, if all goes according to plan, I mean he's he's going to be uh, a force to be reckoned with, and and you know could be a top ten guy. I think right now he's a top twenty guy. If he takes another big leap forward, he could be top ten. Um, so and he's joining obviously a talented talented group of which his skills are going to be enhanced. So exciting to exciting to look forward to. I'm excited to have another debate about who will be uh, NAU's seventh man uh, because they returned six from their seven last year. Obviously, mm-hmm. they lose Jordy Beamish. So you throw Nico Young there, they're seven. But we gotta can't forget that they had two true freshmen that redshirted that would be coming in as redshirt freshmen. And Ryan yeah. Roth, who was left on the sideline but then went on to run, what, 1340 and make the indoor yeah. 5K? Yeah. Like, if you can make the indoor 5K, your top 16 in the nation is pretty good. So... Roth is going to have a, a saying like, hey, man, you need to put me in your top seven, but they're going to have eight or nine guys fighting for a top seven, and a lot of them are already redshirted. The only people who haven't redshirted yet would be Drew Bosley, Nico Young, Luis Grijalva, and Ryan Raff. And so maybe they redshirt – maybe they realize how good they are and they redshirt Luis. Maybe that could no. happen. I don't know. No, 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 no. You don't not, a, not up against not a, not up against BYU. What did Casey Klinger and uh, Connor Mance run in their two mile time trial? Do you know? It wasn't that good. It was like high oh. school type times. Okay, I mean they were at altitude too, right? But yeah. but still, okay, we weren't impressed. No, was it sub nine I, minutes? I mean, I mean, Connor Mance is going to be the NCAA favorite. Right. Yeah, assuming he's back fully. I mean, obviously he's healthy, but he had that stress fracture, so set back a little bit. But it kind of all the NCAA had a stress fracture this past year with the COVID cr- cancellation. Yeah. So I guess it wasn't the worst thing for him. You could argue that maybe the top two uh, favorites all are going to be coming off of injuries or dealing with injuries. Casey, I mean, uh, Connor Manson and Isai Rodriguez, because Isai mm-hmm. was running, he ran well, but then got hurt. And wasn't at able regionals. to, like, he was, like, top four in pre-nats. Like, he finished fourth at pre-nats and then just, yeah. like, fell off because he just – and he won Big 12s. Well, he got second in Big 12s to Edwin Kerr mm-hmm. got. And then he just, like, was dealing with injuries. So yeah. – and he's going to be on his home course, right? So you got to think he's out yeah. You guys of Oklahoma State is going to have a lot to run for. Um, and I think he could be the – if he's healthy, could be a wild card to challenge um, kind of minutes. But we have – Many, many podcasts to talk about NCA Cross. It's still on June twenty fourth. <laughs> I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm holding out I'm holding out hope that we're gonna get a full season. It may not look exactly the same as what a traditional cross country season would look like, but uh if if school is back and and you know we can get these athletes training and you know I think maybe field size will be reduced but hopefully we can have a full NCAA cross country championships in November. That's just I just need that. I need some NCAA championships. It's going to be. Uh, I mean, we won't have had one for a year by the time NCAA cross rolls around, right? So uh, I'm going to be yeah, totally jonesing for jonesing for that uh, and and ready for that to happen, especially in Oklahoma State. I mean, that's just. That Stillwater course is so unique 
and I look forward to how it runs at you know at pre nats and how it's going to go over ten thousand meters. It's going to be really really fascinating because I I've run that course. Some of those hills are some of the most painful experiences I've had as a runner, and uh, it, they're they're just brutal. And it could be a little warm there. I mean, it could it, it'll probably be cold by the time November goes around. But for pre nats, it's going to be interesting to see if it's chilly or if it's warm and, and how that course works when it's hot is it's brutal. So um, it's going to be a fun season, even if it's, it doesn't have the same quite look, even if teams don't travel to meets as much as they would. Uh, th there's a lot to look forward to. Agreed. Lincoln, uh, before we sign off, I heard you went to Galveston this past week. Yeah. So I, is that true? Yeah, I know. Calling the kettle black, find, right? I, What's up? Did you find the McDonald's I lived at? I saw the Golden Arches. The I didn't go into the parking lot. I wanted to see if they had a plaque there. Uh, yeah, so I was. we were supposed to just be going to Houston. My wife had an art show several months ago, and we needed to get her art back and just figured it's a random Sunday. We can go do that. Of course, it was Father's Day. I didn't realize that, so we're cl they were closed. So we were like, well, crap, what are we going to do? So we just decided at that point to drive to Galveston, drive the hour from Houston to Galveston, went to a very remote part of the beach, hung out at the beach, and then got a hotel the next for the night and uh in houston not galveston and uh then drove home after we got the painting so i did check out the beach city of which you've called your partial home several times this spring and summer uh it was quite busy i know you said it was a little sparsely attended or you know less less people than it normally would be but i don't know i for a for a weekend it seemed like there was plenty of bodies out there so we were trying to keep our distance and whatnot but it was a good time it was nice to nice to go to the beach uh but i did not record a podcast from the mcdonald's parking lot like you i'll leave that to you uh going forward i i do have to say this i am going uh to the beach again but not to galveston i'm going to <laughs> chickateague chincoteague oh. beach it's in uh maryland or delaware somewhere on the over there with jojo's oh, wow. family in end of july so okay hopefully there's a mcdonald's there where i can still do my pod I mean, you're also gonna have a lot of stuff going on in your life beginning of august and all that time so it's gonna be a wild time i'll yeah. be at the beach you'll be dealing with the potential new baby. A newborn not potential yeah a new <laughs> hopefully well you don't know when it's coming you don't know when it's coming yeah. potentialize in the date. you don't know what date it is yes so. yes um and you're going to fly for that, or are you going to drive? I'll fly, yeah. Oh, are you going to wear a mask on the airplane? If they make me. Yeah. If only if Follow they make the you. Just holding out until you're the last person. I like it. All no, right. We'll, I, I uh, think that's a, good way to, that's a good way to live life. If they, hey, don't come in here without a mask, all right, I'll put on a mask. If they're like, hey, Got it. don't do that, I follow rules. I follow the rules. Good. Yeah. Yeah, I take it a little further. I, I like to to just make better safe than sorry. That's kind of my life motto. But hey, you live on the edge. That's fine. Uh, it was all funny. right. That'll uh, do one it. Last thing. It was okay. It, yeah. It was funny though seeing Galen Rupp though at the at the Nico Young time trial, and he was wearing his mask. And I like at point I was like, this photo could be taken not during a pandemic, and it would make sense because Galen Rupp. Yeah. Wear his mask always random times. Right, he didn't wear his mask like back from the like when I remember that memorable whatever year that was U.S. Championships where he wore the mask because the the like the high pollen count at, at in Eugene. Why didn't he just recycle that mask and go back to that? He had like a he just had an N95 like cheapy mask. Could have got like a fancy one provided by Nike or whatever. Um, but no, he he was there with with mask on, being safe. I admire him for that. Okay, 
Uh, that'll do it for us today. He's Gordon Mack. I am Lincoln Shrike. Uh, email the podcast, flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. We'll try to read some on the show if they're good. The bad ones, we're just throwing right into the garbage. So don't even waste your time sending us bad emails. We're not going to read them. All right. Uh, we will see you guys tomorrow.